Welcome, co-creators. I'm Hannah. And I'm Rob. And we are the hosts of Forgive and Live. Well, welcome to Sunday. I hope everyone's had a good Sunday um, and a good week. And today we... We've been bringing up recently, and I think it's been in both of our minds recently, um, the root chakra and what, what really is the root chakra and what does it do for us and our practices on what we do. And I don't know, kind of some more information. I, you know, maybe more information on the chakras, who knows what, you know, this is our rant, so it can go in all directions. But yeah, so I realized that I had a root chakra issue from you, dad. So I kind of wanted to ask you, since you've known that you have had this block in your root chakra like have you done meditation on it like have you done like any practices on trying to you know reverse what's going on a little bit of backstory on that the i didn't know i hadn't i didn't know what root chakra was until lately very lately so i'm just learning what the definition of root chakra is i've known that what the root chakra what in me is classified as is the terminology is used to classify those things as root chakra so i knew what my issues were on the inside i didn't know it was called root chakra so then i did some homework on the root chakra and saw the similarities and and realized oh okay all these things are connected it's in the root chakra area i learned where the root chakra area is i learned what um google tells me about the root chakra uh -huh. and then i put that into my own terminology and realized that i have um limitations in what the definition of the root chakra is the the slang definition for root chakra i'll i'll, I'll call it that because okay. um i think it is slang terminology to say that the root chakra is money sex and power mm. i i think that's you know the vibration and the energy that vibrates from the root chakra um what I know is there is seven major energy vortexes that start from the root chakra, which is in a female, I know it is like um, the cervix part of a female. I believe it is different for a male. I'm not entirely sure where it's like physically located, um, but is in the lower general area. Um, and it is the first chakra. I know we have actually about 58,000 chakras throughout our bodies, but the seven are the biggest and they correlate and connect to everything. It's what makes up our aura. It's what makes up our soul. Um, our aura or our energy field that's around us emanates from our chakras and makes like um, a circle of energy around us that's actually about nine feet out of our bodies. And I know some of us can at least I've had this experience when I like walk up to somebody to like tell them something and I'm like, whoa, I'm too close and you back up. It's because you met their energy field and you felt their energy field and you're like, okay, that's not me. 
and you kind of back away from that. Um, so, you know, being, I know that the first thing I learned about root chakra is it's your connection to the earth. It's your portal to earth energy and the color of the root chakra is red and I am not a red fan. And this is funny because I'm wearing red right now. So that's very <laughs> synchronous of me <laughs> to be wearing red. Um, but I, I feel like the root chakra is, is your foundation that, you know, grows upwards within you. And I didn't realize until like, I think three days ago that my higher, my higher root, my higher chakras, my, my heart chakra up. So root, throat, um, third eye crown, all four of those have really always been quite open. Um, I think I've had some issues in my, in my throat chakra, but my third eye has absolutely always been open. I feel like that never stopped. And I think it never stopped because that was my, my connection with horses was my intuition from my heart chakra and my third eye. And those were really always open because I worked with horses so much, I think, but from my heart, chakra down a lots of blockage and another thing i learned is that anxiety is formed in our sacral and solar plexus chakras our lower chakras and that also makes sense if we are trying to emanate and pull up earth energy from our root chakra, it's going to get stuck in our sacral and our solar plexus because of the, the anxiety block there. And it's not going to wake its, make its full way up. So we're not actually harmoniously ourselves. We're not fully ourselves. If we have these chakra blocks, we, we can't, physically transform into the beings we want to be if we have energy blocks. And I just felt it was very interesting that fear and anxiety comes from lower chakras. And that would be why you and I have had back pain. Exactly. Yes. And digestive issues. That all is in the same area. And life has triggered me in such a way that I've had spinal and digestive issues. And when I put myself in certain situations and certain circumstances, those things either go away or they escalate. Mm -hmm. And so then I realize my interpretation of the circumstances is incorrect. There, there's no reason for me to heighten the level of digestive and spinal issues uh, just because I'm looking out into a world. Mm -mm. There's no reason for that. Except that I've created this misinterpretation of reality that says um, resist and struggle and stress and therefore it shows up in my body. Yeah. And I, I do want to talk about, um, I did some research on Kundalini, um, what Kundalini is. And it is something I really, really want to dive into. Um, the way it is explained, I did some research and I read some articles. So what I'm what I'm going to be putting on the podcast is is stuff from Google. Um, but in certain cultures, I can't remember which cultures, they talk about 
kundalini. It is a divine feminine energy. All of us have it and it is described. So our chakras are described as lotus vortexes. They look like a lotus flower. One of the very first people, you know, hundreds, maybe even thousands of years ago were a, a man and he might have been like a Buddha or something, but he actually could see the chakras and he described them as lotus flowers. And that's kind of where the lotus flower gets its spirituality significance is from the chakras. The kundalini is described as a snake that is coiled right below your root chakra. And it is dormant in most of us. Um, I think, I don't know if it is awakened when we're a child. And we've, I know we've talked about how at a certain age, you kind of lose the connection to source um, and rely on the physical world. And I, I don't know, I wonder if, um, you know, the snake within you is, a, you know, awake and alive when you're a child and it dormits itself when you only connect with the physical world. I'm, I'm curious about that. I'll Google that later. But um, so Kundalini is described as a dormant coiled snake at the bottom of your root chakra. And when you awaken the snake, it coils itself around your root chakras and rises and rises and rises and rises. Now your crown chakra is above you. It is, it is your um, higher mind. It's your higher self. And those who have seen it look, it looks like a big ring around your head. That's where the halo comes from. It's your higher mind right above you. So six of the chakras are within your body, higher, crown chakra is above your head. So the snake coils and wraps itself all the way around until it gets to the back of your head and sits right level with your third eye. And it opens every single one of your chakras. Most of us walk around in the physical world and most of our chakras are, dor are dormant. So we're unbalanced we're unlevel where we're not connected with the divine that's actually in our body we're not connected with the divine vibrational source that's within us and i've heard that kundalini can be a very awakening experience and i've heard that some have had a quote-unquote negative experience with it um, but it is, it is explained as a very strong divine feminine energy that like opens you wide open and it really levels and balances you out. But because we're so focused on the physical, we just totally are used to the unbalance. We're, we're used to not being in alignment. You know, we talk about that all the time, how we're not used to being at peace. It's, and when you find it, it's like this wonderful, magical thing, but you know, it's something totally different. So if you're really interested in that, I want to do some meditation on it and see where that goes for me. Um, I, Kundalini has come up several times in my life for the past four years, but I haven't really dove into it. So I know it's something that's always been in my head that I just haven't, it's like the universe has been giving me like little snippets of the word and little things, but hasn't really, I haven't really dove into it yet. So I'm, it's funny and synchronous that you started talking about the root chakra and that that made me look up Kundalini. But yeah, just, I think all of this is just a balance within the body, balance within the mind balance, be harmonious, be yourself. 
endo-awareness of the body, that was something I never had, you know. Oh, yeah. It wasn't too long ago I could go out for a mountain bike ride and come back and have blood dripping down my leg and not even know it. Mm -hmm. um, back when we lived on the farm, I had uh, spinal issues and I would muscle right through them. I didn't care. It was manly to not listen to the body, to just suppress the pain and you know, saw up firewood. Um, I paid no attention to the body and now it's a complete reversal. Now the only, well, not the only thing, but a priority in my life is to pay attention to my inner body is to be aware of the signals inside my body that say I'm aligned, I'm misaligned. And then to be sensitive enough to what the body is, when the body is reacting in a way when my root chakra is reacting in a way that my body's not behaving in a harmonious pattern then i know i can look out into the world and say what am i what am i doing uh what what circumstance am i facing right now that's triggering my digestive system or my root chakra area what what am what is correlating where's the where's the miss because uh, for a long time i didn't know that i was creating this so i thought the world was creating this i thought i had issues in in these areas and now i realize my interpretation of the world so i look out into the world and i say this thing this circumstance or situation that i'm facing at this moment I'm interpreting in some subconscious deep way, I'm interpreting it to be a problem and I'm creating a problem in my body, in my root chakra area. So the old self was to say, oh, this is a problem. I'm going to resist it. I'm going to fight it. The new self is to say, oh, my body's sending me a signal. What is going on out here in the world? Oh, that is going out. Why am I deciding that this circumstance that my physical eyes are seeing is a problem? Um, and I don't even have to know why. Uh, why comes later for me. First is the awareness. So I, I recognize that I'm, I am subconsciously triggering. I'm sending my body a signal that says, harm yourself stop the digestive yeah. process, um, whatever it is. Uh, Louise Hay said that, um, I hope I'm quoting her right, but I'm pretty sure she was the one who said, hair loss is from stress. Mm. And, um, you know, so I'm creating this. I'm, I'm, I'm morphing my physical body based on a misinterpretation of reality. And so through awareness, I say to myself, aha, here it is. This physical circumstance is not the problem. It's my interpretation of this circumstance. How do I make the adjustment? Well, first is through awareness. Second is alignment to peace and then practice that. And then I take this peaceful mindset into this scenario that would normally trigger me and cause me to um, have health issues. I practice that piece further and further into that. And, you know, um, eventually the piece goes all the way through it. I come out on the other side, completely peaceful. I've not, not gone unconscious for any of that. And then I know I've, you know, made the spiritual growth that I was looking to make. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And Bashar gives a really good metaphor for this. He says, our physical world is like a mirror. And we know if we look into a mirror, we don't go to the mirror and try to take off your glasses. Like you can't, you can't do that. You can't go to, a, go to the mirror to take off your glasses. You take off the glasses, the mirror mirrors you. So the things that are happening in the physical world, the things that are happening within our physical body are what is happening within our mind within the perceptions that we have within our consciousness. So that's 
exactly what we say about you can't go into the physical world to change things. It's within. I brought that up in the in the book that I wrote. Um, I spoke about how sometimes we take the hairbrush down the mirror rather than down the hair. Exactly. And that's where the problem is. We're looking out into the world, trying to change the world. And I and this has been my root chakra issue. My I'm you know very clear on this. I I'm aware now. I wasn't always aware. Mm -hmm. I, I, I knew there was physical circumstances with me that didn't make sense. There was digestive yes. tract issues with me. Um, and then I realized that when I changed my surroundings, my digestive tract issues went away. And then I looked into this deeper spiritual realm and realized that I can actually have great digestive tract function even in all scenarios, but it's my interpretation of the scenario that creates the digestive tract issue. And so then I practice this mindful meditation and this peacefulness to, to take into it. Yeah. A good force first half of my life, I had uh, digestive issues and you know, one thing that was always clear to me is when I would go on vacation, I couldn't poop. You know, vacation is supposed to be a very calming place, but I couldn't go to the bathroom. So like. And that's normal. I'll, I'll bet you if you Googled that, there would be a bazillion people yes. that, that oh, go God, through yeah. that. But, but go ahead. I, I know you recognize the same thing that I recognize, which is your interpretation of vacation was incorrect exactly. and that's why your body stopped functioning correctly yes. or normally. Yes, exactly. Yep. I, um, I, I was a mess. I mean, chronic severe anxiety for 35 plus years. Uh, if, if I went on a, a work trip, I would be a mess. Um, I tried not to let it show. I think I covered it up really well, but my body was just full of, Oh yeah negative just i don't even know what it would be called it's just a mess my body would be a mess and um so i'm internalizing all this and i'm sending up resistance to the physical world and my body is just wreaking the havoc of that misinterpretation and now i'm unraveling that and i'm i'm finding peace in all of the scenarios that the world used to say are not peaceful i'm able to bring peace into these areas and it's fascinating it's absolutely amazing i'm running the brush down my own hair if i had some and i'm watching the mirror image change i'm watching the worldly images that used to be fearful and trigger me i'm watching those change and it's an amazing thing to see that it's i it's like a miracle worker i it's unbelievable it's it's crazy and i told you this before we started but i want to i want to explain that a lot of times it's not how you expect like we've both talked that we are not in a great place financially and we would like to be you know somewhere else and both of us would just like be amazed if like a million dollars just showed up in our bank accounts because that's what the that's what the ego that's what the imagination wants is you know a million dollars just pop out because we felt this magical peace and we're like oh anything can happen and it could be really really great but i just want to kind of come down to earth for a second and just say that I have seen the universe help me out with my finances, but it's not a million dollars. Um, the gas prices went down. That's one. One of my credit cards was not up for a balance transfer and now it is suddenly. Like these things are small, but they're big 
in the ripple effect of my future. So we have to start expecting massive changes that are not compatible with what truly is our learning experiences and our life. It's, it's fun to have an imagination and it's fun to play. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's fun to get your hopes up, but you can't continue to hold the universe with a closed fist. I just wanted to put that in there. You said massive changes. Can you touch on that some more? Is that a mental change or is that a mental shift or is that a physical change? Well, both are true, but you can't have a physical change without a mental change. There is massive changes that has happened to me, but they have started in the mental. They have started in my consciousness and then rippled out into the physical world in whatever manifestation it came as. But I mean, just massive things like I, today, for example, I, I got up, I meditated, I listened to Vishar for a bit, and then I went and got my laundry done. And then I came back and I had an hour to spare before we sat down to record this. And I was like, okay, what am I going to do? I just folded all of my laundry. I got all of like the adult things done. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to run up the road and go get Starbucks. That would have never happened ever in Vegas. It wouldn't even have happened a year ago, still living in Maine. Going to get in my car and go get Starbucks for me would have been an anxiety ridden trip the entire way through that I would only have done if I seriously needed caffeine. That's it. If I seriously needed caffeine and I didn't have coffee in the house, that would be my last resort would be to get out of my comfort zone of the apartment and go somewhere to get coffee. That would be anxiety ridden the entire way through. And something I was just folding my clothes and I was like, hmm, it's like one o'clock. And I just had something inside of me that was like, Hannah, go get Starbucks. So I did. I put my shoes on and I went and got Starbucks. That would have never happened a year ago. Ever. To 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 put clarity on what is going on there is the mind the mind puts these parameters and these walls around us mm-hmm. and our ability to function in life. And we can call it a mental illness. We can call it chronic severe anxiety. We can call it uh, some spiritual text. I think it's the Tao says the mind is unwell. The, basically, the mind is deciding what is a safe zone and what is not a safe zone. Yes. And when we're completely attached to the mind and we don't realize we're the witnessing presence of the mind we are imprisoned we're, we're imprisoned by the mind the mind owns us mm-hmm. and it enslaves us and it tells us stay inside your house don't go out be stay in this safe zone and it's a complete lie it's harming us it compresses our safe zone even smaller. Uh, it's where agoraphobia comes from and those, those other illnesses. It's, it's completely dysfunctional. And that all comes from listening to the mind. It comes, it comes from the mind. Now, that's not to say that the mind hasn't been handed something generationally, um, 
genetically. Uh, it's not to say that when we were children that we didn't, I mean, th these things happen, right? We know it's in genetics. We know children are harmed in such a way that when they turn into the, uh, get into the adult life, that they believe this mind 100%. And that's where mental illness and chronic severe anxiety come from. Um, that's where we learn to suppress these things, um, reroute our, 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 our life. So overeating, uh, workaholic, extreme sports, whatever we can do to get away from this mind that is put parameters here. And so we all invent these ways to survive, but the best way forward is to decide that the mind is helpful in cr critical thinking in, in, in saying, I need to pay a bill. Mm. This is when something's due. Um, the mind is not a great source of information for wisdom. I mean, it, it, it's, not. No, it's, it's not, it's great on education. We can educate it. We can fill it with worldly knowledge, but until we uncover the driving forces behind our action, see, I didn't know I had driving forces that, that told me to be in this compressed area in the root chakra area. So my mind was telling me, these are your limitations. This is the safe zone. If you act, out, act outside of this safe zone, uh, you're going to be triggered. You're going to have digestive issues, spinal issues, whatever. Um, I didn't realize that. I, th I thought that I truly was identified with my mind. And I thought that these that this was my safe zone, that I had it, but there is no such thing as a safe zone. The only safe zone is complete openness. That's, it's not, a, it's not parameters and it's not labels and limitations. That's the misbelief of the mind. The, the safest place we could possibly be is to be wide open, transparent and vulnerable. That's the safest place. Uh, it's, it is. Trusting in universal wisdom is the safest place, but it is terribly difficult to, for the ego to trust in that because the ego disappears when we do that. So it's, it's a really bizarre space. But um, when we make that mental shift to totally push away from the side of the pool and float on our own, it's wonderful. Now, I've done that in multiple areas in my life. I've done that in, in relationships. I've done that with you. I've done that with writing a book, um, even, you know, being on some Facebook live question and answers. I've really exposed myself. I've pushed myself out into the middle of the pool and watched myself survive. I didn't sink. So the, the mind's limitations that say, don't get a coffee. Don't, don't leave your apartment. Don't leave mm -hmm. your home. I've, I've went outside of those. I've expressed myself outside of those areas, but the root chakra area now, now I'm facing this thing that the ego says is the really important thing. The ego says, this is really important, Rob. You re spirituality isn't going to work here, dude. This we're talking about <laughs> money, power, and sex. Okay. This is a big deal. You can't just be open and vulnerable in these three areas. And I'm saying, I can, yeah. I've seen the proof everywhere else. It's never about the physical circumstances. It's always about the mental side. It's always about me aligning with peace. And this is no different. This is just my mind, like agoraphobic. This is just my mind has put parameters and said, this, this area you can't trust in universal wisdom. These areas you can. Great job. Yay, you did a great job. You you rebuilt this or you did that. But um the ego does not want to die within me. And I I got news for it. It's done. I I'm facing I'm now facing the root chakra in my life. And it's the same as you. My mind has put up these parameters. And yeah. it's it said, you are really gonna get hurt if you 
become vulnerable in the root chakra area. And I'm sending a message to the ego right now, um, very consciously and deliberately and, and purposefully that um, I'm, I'm going to do this no matter how painful the ego swears that my life is going to be. I'm going to turn over the keys um, and the and whatever I thought was the parameters in the safe zone, I'm totally unlocking that and allowing vulnerability and transparency to um, take over in my life in the root chakra area. And it feels good. It does because you realize you've taken the power back, but you've always had the power. The ego just told you that you didn't. So you've had this powerful energy within you you've had this knowing it's it doesn't leave you it doesn't go away it there is no place for it to go it's made of us it's in every facet of our of our beings yesterday i went for a hike and we've had some good amount of snow and I went out and I went for a hike out in the woods. And one of Bashar says there's five laws to the universe. Um, I'm not going to go into all five, but one of the laws is that the, the one is the all and the all is the one. And I said that in my head and I looked around and I there's covered in white. Everything was covered in white, winter white wonderland up here. And I said, every single snowflake that is on, it's on the ground, it's in the trees, it's, it's absolutely everywhere. It's white on white on white. And I said, every one of these snowflakes, the gazillion snowflakes that are just in my eyeline right now, are the one, is the universe, which makes up the puzzle of us. It makes up the universe. It makes up who we are. And we are one of those puzzle pieces. We are the one and the one is us. There is no difference. There is no separation. We are us. That's it. We are love. We are strong. We are worthy. We are capable. We are able and willing and can strive to do what we came to do on this earth. Whether it be one, learn one lesson and one experience, or be the president of the United States. We are all the universe and we all fit. There's no outlier. I think it's also, I think it's also helpful to remember that at, along with what you have just said, which is highly important, and accurate, but also know that in that same moment of hugeness and vastness that you're talking about, mm. um, we're a microscopic teeny tiny detail in eternity. Our hundred years of existence here is microscopic. It's minuscule. It's the, it's tiny compared to eternity and us, our individual, this ego that we have, this self-identification that we of importance that we have, is is nothing. It's absolutely nothing. We are so replaceable. It's not even funny. I mean, we're 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 not we're not an ant walking around in the in the grass. We're we're the, we're we're the atom. We're the we're the what is what are, what are the quantum physics? The quark, the subquark, and the quarks and the Farks and whatever those things are, I forget all what? those names, but um, yeah, they're we're we're tiny 
in, in, in reality. It's nothing. And we place all this pressure on ourselves and we block our root chakra and our third yeah. chakra. And we name all these things and say how terribly difficult it is. And we say, you know, I, I have to go forth and, and, you know, try to be calm in this, you know, crazy world and, and look at my problems and it's nothing. We're here for a blink of an eye. Why would no, we put so much pressure on ourselves? We're not here for a blink of an eye. We are the universe. We are infinity. Okay, the yes. identification we're, we're, of Anna we... and Rob is of a blink. Yes, well said. But I will come back and I will forget all this, right? So I'll be born into another body. I'll come back as a cat or a dog or a woman or a man or whatever it is. And... And maybe I'll be like the Bhagavad Gita says, you'll come back at that level of consciousness that you died on, but I'll still come back in a different form and I'll still have some learning to do because I'll have forgotten that my, the divinity within me, right? And not necessarily. I don't believe that. I no? believe for a learning experience, yes, but there is many people on this planet that remember most of their past lives. Most most actually remember the experiences they've had. And I think that's a testament to being in a vibrational, high vibrational state where you can learn from the past of your past lives, but still be moving in a forward motion. I, I think that we, you know, there's no going back to source. So we are infinite and I think we can choose to continue to stay infinite. Our bodies won't be, but our souls will. And when we go to sleep, when we go off to sleep, we remember all of our past lives. Our spirit remembers every single one of our past lives, remembers every single thing, every one of our names. You know, it's not forgotten. It's just we think and we perceive that we forget things because we're small, primitive human beings when we're not. We're much larger than that. Sure, this lifetime is a blink of an eye, but we can remember exactly who we are. That's what I believe. I feel like I can tap into that. I, I feel like when I quiet my mind, I, I do know the knowing that, you know, mm. where I come from, but it still doesn't completely, um, I, I don't know. It just, it, it, it just doesn't give me the, the details. I have no details. I have the knowing in that darkness, in that space of mindfulness, of connectiveness to the divine. When I go to that very still quiet place, it's very knowing, it's peaceful, it's wonderful. Um, I do, I sense the divine within me. I did sense the, I can sense the divine within you and, and everything that I look, I, I can look around and I can sense the divine. I can okay. see it everywhere. But I don't remember if I was a, what I was in that past life. I, I can't make that connection. Mm. I, I'm, I know there are people, you just said there's people that can do that, but mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm not there. That's not something that I have the capacity to do. Well, maybe it's, maybe it's the fact that, um, you know, maybe that's, that's the point. Maybe you, you, maybe this lifetime was to only be enthralled in this lifetime. Maybe that's the that's one of your experiences in this lifetime. You know, I, I, I love, you know, Eckhart Tolle's thing is, is the now. So our past is important, but I also feel like we can shift our past. The more we stay in the present, the more we are the now, the more we are the universe source that we can make those connections from other past lives that are still going on, by the way, the past is not the past. It's only the now. So 
your past lives are going on right now as we speak in just a different Rob or a different name, but you just haven't allowed yourself the capability of remembering it. That's what I believe. But that goes into time and space and quantum and all that jazz. I don't put a whole lot of thought in all of those things. I've, I've read about them, heard about them, talked to you about them, but um, my main focus has been into in my own self-discovery. And so mm -hmm. whatever has been a, an issue in my life, I've tried to uncover and unravel and go down that rabbit hole of figuring things out. I'm not very interested, and uh, I don't know, this is a testament to my personality, but I'm not really interested in things that are not actively going on in my own realm. Um, and I, think I don't pay attention to politics and sports and those things just are, you know, my little, my little world is in my mind and that's the only place I put importance. See, you laugh, but I think it's actually, I think it's actually very true. And I think it's actually really good. I think that sure experiences of a different nature are good and learning experiences, but we have to stay true to ourselves. And if that's being in our bubble, that's being in your bubble. I, I think that we have, we look at other people and we have judgment if they're, you know, the president or their Joe Schmo. I, I think it's important to be exactly divinely yourself. And if that is not giving a shit about anything but yourself, then fuck, do it. That's your divine path. That's divinely you. That's what I think. Yes, yeah, spiritually selfish. I I agree uh, with you. We egoically selfish. That's a different story. Um, to to say, you know, I'm going to race you to the refrigerator. There's one sandwich left. Neither one of us has eaten for two days, and I'm going to go get it. Yeah, that's egoically selfish, but. Um, spiritually selfish means I'm going to align with peace, no matter what you think or what the world thinks I'm aligning with peace. And I agree with that. And when we align with peace, we're aligning with all of those ingredients that make us, us. So I, I, I brought up the analogy with the cake, you know, it, it takes a yes. lot of ingredients to make a cake and you get one of the ingredients a little off and the cake doesn't taste quite right, or it doesn't rise. It doesn't look quite right. And we're the same way. So in order for the rose to turn into the rose or the palm tree to be the palm tree, all those ingredients have to be right. It's got to have the right amount of sunlight, the right amount of water, the right environment. You can't plant a rose on Mars um, and you can't plant a rose down in a basement. It's got, and so we're the same way. And so we're being given these certain circumstances and certain challenges, if you want to call them that, and then it's our job to align with peace, to be spiritually selfish and say, what is it that I personally like out of this? I, I'm not interested in sports, um, for instance. Uh, that doesn't mean that an interest in sports is wrong. It means that someone else who is interested in sports, that's their divine right mm -hmm. to do that. And they should do that. That's their uh, spiritual selfishness is to go after that and follow that and be the best baseball player that they can be or you know watch sports or whatever it is so yeah i agree yeah do you yeah we uh the younger generation the saying do you boo i'm you know i like that <laughs> I do off. too. The first time I heard that was actually Nick. Nick was saying that. Yeah. Yeah. And I use that quite a bit now. I, I do agree that, you know, it's another person has to, to be themselves, even if it appears wrong on, from my perspective now wrong. That's a, you know, I, I I'm, I'm never for committing a criminal act or harming the body, you know, taking heroin, injecting heroin mm -hmm. in your body, you know, that those types of things, I think we do need to intervene on and say, Hey, you know, I, we need to have a conversation. I, I think you're making a mistake, but just because someone uh, likes the democratic party and someone else likes the Republican party, that's not for me. I, I, I need to cheer that person on. If, if they prefer 
um, chocolate, and I think chocolate's awful, which is not the you case, don't. but <laughs> yeah, I it's their divine right, and I should support that. Yeah, you like that, then do it, follow it, do you know, wh whatever's aligned inside of you, whether it makes sense to me or not, makes no difference. It's that unconditional love that says, oh, is that how you're divinely and uniquely made? Those are your likes and dislikes? Follow that, do it, absolutely. You know, there are some things here that are controversial that you and I talk about. There's um, certainly um, spirituality can be controversial. Um, speaking about God and not keeping this God term in the forms of this strict Catholic religion. And then, you know, we're in, in some ways we're, but this is our unique and divine right to, to do this. And I would say, you know, if, if there's a, an atheist out there and they are hardcore, do not believe in any spiritual entity or God, I support them too. Absolutely. hundred percent. Pursue that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it's greater than a label. We're talking about the, the divine totally. essence just being here, being on the planet. You are part of this divine creation and you have the divine right to be yourself. Yeah, we exist. Air goes through our lungs and our heart pumps. That's a good enough excuse or a permission slip for me to be divine. Right there. And we quickly forget that. And the world says, hey, you need to do this, that, or the other. And then we be, then we sense some stress and some uneasiness. And bam, we've gone unconscious. Yep. Hmm. You know, it's funny you brought up it's controversial stuff. And to me, it doesn't even feel like it. I mean, yes, when I, you know, expand my awareness for a sec and kind of take a step back, I can go, oh, yeah, that kind of sounds a little wonky. But... You know, it's so divinely me that I, it doesn't, it doesn't even register that it might be controversial. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. I mean, just using uh, the word God and foul language, that's yeah. a total no-no in some words or some <laughs> religion, some worlds. Uh, I mean. Yeah. You and I are totally okay with saying fuck and shit and these things and They're then say, wrong. you know, the universe has got my back. But <laughs> there are some religions that will say that's blasphemy. Uh, man, you're highly confused. You're going to go to hell. Um, but yeah, we don't yeah, pray three we, times a day. This is a very, yeah, this is a very controversial um, or could be a very controversial podcast that we're doing yeah but you know i think we we the term controversial is is perceived as negative and i don't think it is it's just a different point of view so i think right yeah. there is a great way to look at a word or you know something that we've defined as negative and give it a different meaning or at least make it neutral it doesn't have to be positive just make it neutral controversial it's a word right yes that's a great place to live from i love to live from there it's very peaceful it's not it's not exciting it's not depressing it's just very peaceful and i i love that that's that's my favorite place to be is in peaceful land i don't like you to say it's not exciting because i think it is uh okay so yeah that's a play on words and what's the definition of exciting to me the definition of exciting is um jumping out of an airplane um oh. you know this adrenaline rush is okay. exciting to me that's that's what i'm calling exciting i was thinking divine excitement so yeah right and again you know here's how language can really <laughs> not do justice without really clear communication and so yeah when my interpretation of exciting man is is 
adrenaline rush, adrenaline junkie, because that was me. I lived way up on the high yeah. end of adrenaline rushes, twisting the grip on the 1000 cc crotch rocket and get, getting close to 200 plus mile per hour that that was me and now i'm mr loving the peaceful divine bliss what what my old self would call boring yeah i'm i'm excited to live right where i am this is wonderful and not 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 egoically excited you know i'm 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 ve i'm very pleased i feel great to be in this place that my old self would call boring i turned into the to the guy that my old self would call boring yeah complete bore complete absolute bore really you're gonna sit and stare at a tree and you're gonna call uh, that yeah. enjoyable yeah i do that sounds fun <laughs> <laughs> uh, good god yeah, I'm the guy driving down the highway with the cruise control on now, um, just listening to my music and enjoying every moment of the drive. I used to be the guy in the fast lane, and that was enjoyable to me, but it's not anymore. Yeah, I was that way, too, because I felt I had to rush to get everywhere. I'm just not even accurate, but yeah. Your, your entire being changes. You change. The more you connect with the divine, you, you realize you've just been... <laughs> the only thing that came to my head was like the gingerbread man. <laughs> I don't know why that came to me. I don't know. Like, you know, we feel like the gingerbread cookie but then in what is that movie the disney movie the the muffin man the muffin man you know what i'm talking about oh, right. like the live gingerbread yeah. person is like the the conscious you the excited the muffin man but when you're in anxiety or that stoic hard gingerbread I don't know. That's what came to my head. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> I've been just so focused on my excitement that I can't. That's the only thing driving me at this point. Good. It's exciting times. <laughs> it is. Yeah, for all of us, I think. For all of humanity. I think technology has, um, it's a double-edged sword, but to look on the good side to things, I think it's really exposed the same beliefs across all religions, all races, all walks of life. And that is that we all believe that there's a supernatural power and some of us are more in tune with it than others. We all have the capability to be in tune with it. And it really levels the playing field. It says, just because my skin's white doesn't mean that I'm different. Um, just on the physical, it forces me to look and find the divine within everyone. So skin color, financial status, career status, even sex. You know, we're, we're seeing that in the, in the, in the world. You know, pe people are oh, having yeah. these sex changes. It's I we can still look into another person and and find the divinity within them, no matter no, no matter what. what we who we are, what we look like, there's divine everywhere. And and we're we're seeing that. So yeah, for humanity's sake, I think this is, you know, really, really good. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I truly believe we're moving in the right direction. I know that there's going to be some that are going to, you know, be like, what are you talking about, Hannah? But I, I really do. I think we're moving in the right direction. Yeah. The only way to learn is to have everything out on the table. How are we going to know what we prefer? Yeah. Let's get it out of our system now. Let's make the choice. What earth do you want to live on? Because it's us. We have to make those choices. Yeah. No one can make those choices for us.
Well, Hannah, another great episode of Forgive and Live. As usual, I enjoyed this podcast um, wholeheartedly. I always do. I love talking to you and I love going to the depths of each other. I'm finding more things within myself that I can work on every time we do these. And I feel a little bit freer at the, at the end of these as well. So thank you. I enjoyed this podcast. Yeah. I mean, thank you too. Thank you to you. Thank you to the universe. Thank you to everybody that listens. I mean, just immense gratitude for everything. And I got a heart that's beaten, that there's air in my lungs, that you guys are listening, that, you know, I just, all of it, it's absolutely amazing. And yeah, I hope everyone has a safe and happy week and we will see everybody Wednesday.